Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. History in Five Songs with host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network, uh, available on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and over 40 other podcast platforms. Podbay as well. Um, last week, okay, so this is interesting. So, um, so last week, uh, or last episode was called First gear singers and uh i semi-promised there that i would do one called fifth gear singers and uh that's what i sort of embarked upon here for episode 236 i want to thank mick Phelan first of all uh, william walker as well always for giving uh, good, good advice on this stuff but mick uh mick suggested some ideas for this as well so that's very cool uh, by the way i also wanted to mention i uh, had a nice night out dinner and drinks with uh brian sager and his lovely wife kathleen last night that was very cool um they were up on a a train trip to uh, to Toronto, so we met near their their hotel. So uh, shout out to Brian. Um, but yeah, so this is episode two hundred and thirty six, fifth gear singers. Um, you know, and the the cool thing about this again, um, I always figure, you know, by the end of doing my my little bit of research that I do for these, that uh, that uh, an idea is pretty good when I go through uh, you know my rolodex of uh, of singers or whatever or examples, and I find a lot that don't apply at all and that's that's really cool so that's that's when you've got something uh something uh, i think that's kind of interesting here so yeah fifth gear singer so the idea here is um these are singers i want to celebrate uh for having that excellent top gear uh and what you're going to see in these various categories here is uh we've got singers who are kind of really maybe only good at that top gear or good at a few of the top gears and definitely don't have a good bottom gear but as we get to the last uh as as we get to the last category um there's some of my favorites there where i could i could sort of confidently say that i love their top gear their fifth gear and i love their crooning low energy not pushing much air um close to the mic intimate 
uh, jazzy, whatever you want to call it, first gear as well. So that's what last episode was all about. It was uh, singers that basically have a really good first gear or amusingly, as I said in that episode, uh, sort of stick to first gear and, and what that does to the music. So uh, let's start with our first selection here. This is a, bit, this is a band we don't play very often here, right? Uh, this is Wings with Rock Show. Okay, back to Venus and Mars, May 27th, uh, 1975. Um, so the category here, it's kind of a loose category, but um, I wanted to to go back to the early days sort of thing. Um, so uh, Paul McCartney has psyched me out here a little bit because I was going to pick um, Helter Skelter. Um, you know, we always talk about how the Beatles start everything sort of thing. Um, and uh, again, I, another episode that I, I still feel like I want to do at one point is uh, is something uh, akin to the research that we did when we did Metal Evolution. We talked about Extremity and all its departments and um, and basically how the Beatles and Little Richard and this, uh, you know, start started out... Uh, uh, bringing that fifth gear to rock and roll and kind of raising the the energy level. So again, I wanted to celebrate the Beatles here, um, and also, but not just Paul McCartney. So what I like about Paul McCartney is he's got he's got all the gears more or less covered, um, but he does have a very convincing fifth gear. It doesn't sound particularly onerous on him. Um, and the other cool thing about the Beatles is John Lennon as well. I almost went and picked Your Blues from the White Album. So we've got Helter Skelter from the White Album, Your Blues from the White Album. Um, but John Lennon also has a really convincing fifth gear. And the and I think the difference between these two guys is John Lennon's first gear isn't that good. Um, I think Paul McCartney has a better first gear uh, and possibly going through all the gears. Uh, but John Lennon um, and Paul McCartney, I think both have a very convincing uh, fifth gear. Um, and with John Lennon, it's a little bit Kurt Cobain-y, I think, um, when you get to uh, to that fifth gear. Um, you know, just a couple others I want to discuss here, quasi-early. Ian Gillen, I didn't know where to put Ian Gillen in any of this because... You know, I've always talked about, um, you know, and it's and, and it's no it's no stick on on Ian on this, but I've I've never been crazy about his voice. He's a good singer, um, but I've never been crazy about his voice. And as I as I went through the gears to come up with this episode, I'm trying to figure out where he he does best and. I don't know if I'm particularly enamored with what he's doing kind of in any of the gears, even though we celebrate him for a fifth gear. He's known as a screamer, the screamer, uh, the first screamer uh, in in some respects, even even over Robert Plant. Um, So he does have this really cool, uh, you know, rock and roll maniac end of, uh, of what he does. Uh, so you can loosely put that in, in a fifth gear, but it's almost like at this point he's, um, He's screaming. He's vocalizing. Um, it's uh, there's a there's a tiny tiny bit of a falsetto in there. We're gonna get to that a little bit uh, later in in terms of how that um, contributes to a fifth gear. But I don't think he has a particularly uh, convincing fifth gear. Um, Ozzy, we talked about him a little bit in the 
in the uh, in the first gear episode because he's mostly a first gear and continuum grade eight, you know, gradated scale, grayscale uh, singer. Um, and, but but we famously talk about uh, everybody uh, marvels at and enjoys and uh, thinks he pushed the most air on the Sabotage album, my favorite Black Sabbath album, one of my favorite albums of all time, um, particularly Megalomania. Uh, we think about there where. Um, it's a rare, it's a rare example of him in a fifth gear where he adds a little bit of vocal fry. Um, so we would have liked to heard more from Ozzy from that, but no, he's not a particularly fifth gear singer. You know, I thought about David Byron, not a not a fifth gear singer, um, and uh, but a great voice, great voice and a great singer, but not particularly in his fifth gear. And Jim Morrison is the other final kind of early days one I wanted to mention because. Um, well, okay, here, so Mick Phelan says Jim Morrison has the subtle crooning of the crystal ship, and then he has the growling roar of been down so long on the last studio album. So uh, an interesting thing about Jim Morrison, um, I think I think he definitely does have a very convincing and frightening and different uh, fifth gear. That's the other thing I wanted to stress in this fifth gear episode. Um, I think my favorite fifth gear is when it sounds like a different person. It it, it literally sounds like a different singer, uh, you know, or, you know, the, the same singer, of course, it's the same singer, but the same singer using a different sort of tools uh, and, and pulling out another persona rather than a grayscale up to the top. But we are going to talk about those as well. But yeah, Jim Morrison, I think... Um, I think we love uh, we love what he does in all the gears, but he also does have an excellent fifth gear. All right, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, 
you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, back again here on History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 236, Fifth Gear Singers. Let's take a listen to our second selection, and we shall discuss. This is Kiss with Baby Driver. Oh, what a ride of carrying such a heaven. All right. Uh, this is Rock and Roll Over, November 11th, 1976. Of course, that's the great Peter Chris singing on that. Um, so the category here, loosely speaking, is um, singers that use mostly their fourth or fifth gears, but they kind of have a lousy first gear. And I think Peter Chris kind of fits in this department, um, although he's just a good technical singer, so he can sing in first gear as well. Um, but something about his voice... Um, you just feel befuddled listening to him in first gear. But as you can hear from this uh, this track, Baby Driver, um, he just sounds so comfortable and excited and exuberant and expressive uh, in fifth gear. So I think he's an excellent example of a fifth gear singer. Um, you know, Ace Freely uses a, a fifth gear a little bit as well. Gene Simmons, not so much. But I definitely wanted to mention Paul Stanley because um, it, it strikes me that he's, he's a singer who... Um, it's almost like that voice has to get fired up like a boiler, like a boiler, boiler room sort of situation where you really enjoy him on in fourth and fifth gear. So so when he gets a little little rock and roll crazy, a little bit of a maniac, you love that voice uh, out of him. It's just a great voice, period, right? Um, I almost went with kind of like the quintessential example of this, uh, uses mostly fourth or fifth gear but has a lousy first gear. And that's Brian Johnson from ACDC. Um, and the funny thing about ACDC in particular is anytime you get those background vocals from Malcolm and Angus or whatever, they sound terrible, right? Um, so there's this weird little funny, gremlin-y um, sort of mumble out of those guys. And frankly speaking, I, you know, Brian Johnson, I wanted to talk about him here because I think he has a little bit of that mumble quality uh, when he uses first gear, but so this is a guy with a with a strange extreme voice. Period. But um, but we like him in fifth gear. Although when he gets uh, up that high, you know, you start noticing, um, you start worrying that he's going to hit the notes. But but his first gear, you you really feel like he's one of those singers that when he's not pushing a lot of air, um, starts losing the accuracy as well. Uh, Graham Bonnet is an interesting situation here. Um, you know, he's considered a very pushing air singer period. Um, but we love him in that fifth gear. Um, you know, it's, it's, as I've often described it, it's, it's like he's about to burst a blood vessel in his head kind of thing. Um, you really hear the power. You really hear him going for it. You do worry about the note. Uh, but yeah, he's he's basically an upper register sort of singer. And again, when you get that, when you get that uh, croon out of him, which he can do because he's just a great technical singer, it reminds me of that little, uh, a little bit of that Peter Chris situation or a Dan McCafferty situation where where you're just confused about the, uh, the, the richness and the tones in this voice. Um, you're almost distracted by it when he's, when he's singing uh, in, in first or second second gear um 
Another one I'm not crazy about uh, in in the lower gears is James Hetfield. I think he has a great um, fifth gear, but he's kind of like a fourth gear and fifth gear singer. But yeah, when he's just singing away, it it almost sounds like the uh, you know the unsure, the fragile. He he seems to have less ideas of what to do with his voice when he's not pushing a lot of air. But he does a great job in fourth and fifth gear. Um, you know, uh, let's see. You know, Mick Phelan uh, suggested these. Um, uh, let, let's see what you think of these. So so he says he thinks these are good fifth-gear singers with lousy first-gears. Uh, Lou Graham, Steve Perry, Courtney Love. Um, you know, I'll comment on Lou Graham a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I can understand that. Lou Graham uh, is obviously in that Paul Rogers camp where... I almost feel like uh, there's more of a uh, third and fourth gear singer out of that guy. That That's when you like him the most. So um, I can't even think of uh, off the top of my head too many uh, examples of fifth gear with him. Now, what do you think of Bon Scott? That's kind of a funny situation where, again... Um, not crazy about him singing in first gear, and uh, his fifth gear is pretty cool, but it starts to get a little yangy. Um, I almost feel like this is a guy that we like in third and fourth gear uh, the most as well. Uh, and he kind of fits in that. I I, can, I compare him with Ian Asbury from The Cult and Biff Bifford a little bit as well, where... where they're they're uh, they're a little bit continuum singers, but you but you like when they're pushing a lot of air and they're pushing themselves, but maybe not all the way up into fifth gear, which is kind of kind of an interesting way of looking at it. Another one that's absolutely textbook for this is uh, Udo. Um, we love his fifth gear, um, and we don't like his first gear at all. Um, he's he's just got an amazing amazing fifth gear, but again, it's almost like he goes out of tune uh, in first gear. Uh, Phil Anselmo's a little bit like that as well. I think um, uh, we like him singing really hard and high. Um, obviously, he's kind of like the next level from a James Hetfield, and that whole band was in a way. When you think of Cowboys from Hell, you 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 literally almost feel like it's it's you're taking every, you're taking everything, all that great songwriting, etc. From uh, from Ride and Master and and maybe Justice uh, and and you're just turning it up to about twelve uh, and and yeah the vocals is kind of the same thing he sounds like the hysterical James Hetfield right um, all right let's move on to our third selection here take a listen to this this is Nirvana with Serve the Servants. All right, first track uh, from In Utero, their last album, September 21st, 1993. Kurt Cobain, the great Kurt Cobain. Um, this is a guy that, um, so when he uses his first gear, it's almost like the quintessential uh, kind of like grunge, slacker, 90s. Uh, sort of uh, lazy, stoned uh, kind of a, kind of a vocal out of him, and it's not bad. It's it's kind of a cool thing. Um, but I just love his fifth gear, his leonine roar, right? His uh, his Rod Stewart roar, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think he sings great in that in that range. Um, he's accurate. He's he's hitting notes. He's he's trying to hit notes and he's hitting them. Um, he's using notes. He's just got good ideas and he just seems comfortable singing with vocal fry. Uh, again, uh, 
what I like about it is, is it's just a different sort of, um, it sounds like a different person kind of thing. The category here for number three, we're, we're kind of looking at, uh, you know, grunge and alternative and maybe 90s stuff here a little bit. I kind of just hucked into this. So Eddie Vedder's a funny one. I, I feel like he's less believable in fifth gear. It's almost like he's trying to be dramatic and he just throws in a little bit of vocal fry. Never never seemed very convincing to me. Um, Lane Staley's an interesting uh, case. I'm not crazy about his first gear. It's almost like two falling off the chair, asleep, nodding out uh, sort of thing. It's a little bit like the Kurt Cobain. It's definitely yangy um, and uh, nasal. Um, but uh, but his his fifth gear is almost like more of a more of a fourth gear. So or or maybe he just goes to fourth gear. He's he's almost more comfortable than Kurt Cobain in that fourth fifth fifth range. So you feel like it's just sort of um. It, it's it's somewhat of a of a continuum of let's say it's a continuum from third to fifth, but it's a different guy in first, right? Um, Paul Westerberg, uh, the replacements. I think he's got not a bad uh, fifth gear. Bob Mold, same thing. Husker Du, not a bad fifth gear. This is a funny thing. So so I went through all my uh, my original venerable punk rock people that I love, and uh, not a lot of fifth gears there. Uh, the Sex Pistols, Johnny Rotten. Um, the Boomtown Rats, Bob Geldof, The Saints, The Damned, Dave Vanian, X, uh, the female singer in X or, or Xine Cervenka, or John Doe. No, no fifth gears there. Uh, Devo, no fifth gears. Diodes, no fifth gears. Even Stiv Bader's from the Dead Boys, who's a raspy, you know, crazy man singer. Not really a fifth gear. Ramones, definitely not a, a fifth gear. Adverts, not a fifth gear. Um, Charlie Harper from the UK Subs little bit of a fifth gear because now you're getting the invention of hardcore and hardcore definitely has some uh, some fifth gear singing to it so you're getting a little bit of that out of, out of good old Charlie but yeah I thought that was quite interesting that these guys are all pretty lackadaisical singers um, or uh, or more like first gear singers so that that would that would have been a cool category full category for the last episode um, Mick Phelan mentions if you want singers that jump from quiet to loud to bombastic effect, Bjork, uh, Paige Hamilton from Helmet, Frank Black. Frank Black is an interesting one uh, because um, you know the whole quiet to roar thing. This is a, this is a very Kurt Cobain thing, and I think he's got an excellent um, uh, excellent range, and he's and he's a good character actor. He's a good Alice Cooper type person. Um, there's a guy who's got an interesting fifth gear. I never thought of, thought to think about Alice, but uh, yeah, Alice I think has a has a good a good quality when he's singing aggressive as well. That that's his that's his cranky old man swinging about his cane uh, voice, and I think it's a pretty cool voice he's got there. Um, and Mick also mentions Bonnie Tyler and Jeff Buckley. Um, another one I thought of that was really cool in this um, in this Frank black Kurt Cobain mode is Dave Perner from Soul Asylum. Um, not crazy about his first gear. So again, a guy when he doesn't push a lot of air, uh, I feel like you get a little bit of fragility and some flatness and sharpness and stuff in there and, and breaking up of the voice. Um, that's, his, that's a famous, well, it's a, it's a bit of a trope of his, I suppose. Um, but yeah, his his fifth gear is really cool. He's got a really comfortable, you know, hard, raspy uh, voice. Um, and I saw somewhere on the internet, and I thought this was kind of a cool thing. Uh, someone proposed, is Hang Time, that's one of their later albums, but is Hang Time 
the first grunge album. Uh, definitely, this is a great band that uh, that deserves more credit, and and they should be talked about in the grunge conversation uh, more. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, let's play our fourth selection here. This is Samson with Bright Lights. <laughs> Okay, the great Shock Tactics album. Love this record to death. Uh, people should know this album, so I, I kind of wanted to p- uh, play this a little more. I have personally called this uh, Bruce Dickinson's greatest uh, performance uh, on a full-length album. Um, so this is Samson's third album, May 15th, 1981. Uh, so that's the great Bruce Dickinson on Bright Lights. Um, the category here is, uh, is somewhat... Um, the idea of uh, singers who you don't even want to say they don't have a fifth gear because they're so awesome, right? And they and they go up and they've got this high end that's really powerful and really cool and really celebrated, and they're one of the greatest singers of all time. That is Bruce Dickinson. Damn it! Uh, yeah, we love Bruce Dickinson. Um, so, you know, I I you know initially when I thought of this first gear, fifth gear. Uh, concept. I didn't want to include anybody like that, but I kind of wanted to celebrate them. Um, and this is one I super wanted to celebrate because I think his fifth gear also is a real power fifth gear. Um, so it's a little bit different from a Rob Halford who has the fifth gear. When he goes high, we think of victim of changes, the end of it, and, you know, oh, great, you know, here he is. Look look how high he can sing kind of thing. But it's not, it's not a high with a lot of power. Now, granted, Rob Halford has this really cool kind of third and fourth gear voice that I always align with King Diamond. Uh, my favorite voice out of King Diamond's array of voices is that third and fourth gear when he, when he becomes the devil kind of thing right but King Diamond's fifth gear uh, is uh, is uh, even less impressive than Rob Halford's operatic fifth gear if you want to call it that I mean the Rob Halford high thing is super impressive I just don't I, I just don't I feel uncomfortable calling it a fifth gear right um, but yeah King Diamond's is uh, is almost like he he throws it into reverse or he throws it into neutral or something um, and you get that falsetto out of him so I I Definitely don't consider that a fifth gear. Uh, my, like I say, my favorite thing is uh, is his his nasty devil voice, uh, sort of third or fourth gear. Uh, Ray Gillen, Badlands, uh, also kind of like a high clean uh, fifth gear. Uh, you know the whole uh, the whole Gamma Ray Halloween, Michael Kiske, Kai Hansen, Andy Darris, Axis uh, is is kind of that uh, that clean fifth gear as well. Um, yeah, Mick, I, I wanted to quote him here. He says, when we think of Maiden, we think of the air raid, air raid siren. Let's shine a light on Paul, though. The opening primal scream at the start of Drifter is as hard to sing as anything Bruce ever did. So Paul, Paul Deano is an interesting choice. I get a little Peter Chris out of Paul Deano. So out of him, um, you get a little bit of wildness in all the gears, right? It's almost like his most comfortable place is that first gear. You think of Remember Tomorrow. He's he's kind of got a really good quality technical operatic first gear like a Ronnie James Dio. Um, but then his gets wilder as you go up, but he's got a really cool voice, right? So it's a different voice. So again, he's got... He's got more of a traditional fifth gear or the kind of fifth gear I wanted to talk about here. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Brad Delt from Boston has that continuum high fifth gear. We think of uh, we think of more than a feeling and those impossible operatics he does on that. Joey Bell- Belladonna is famous for being that uh, that that uh, clear singer, clean singer. Uh, but he's got he's got a sort of a powerful high fifth gear like a like a uh, Bruce Dickinson fifth gear. Jeff Tate is a continuum into that high range. Uh, and seriously this way, uh, both Gilmore, Gilmore and um, Rick Emmett from Triumph uh, have that high thin fifth gear that that I don't feel like is a is an interesting fifth gear in particular. Uh, Glenn Danzig, a unique fifth gear there uh, where he it's kind of an operatic uh, higher fifth gear. It's a little bit like a Bruce Dickinson, but he goes into this interesting, cool uh, extra voice um, with not a lot of vocal fry on it. So that's kind of the um, you know the point of this category as well. Uh, there's not a lot of vocal fry. On, uh, on these guys, uh, a varying degree. All right, let's play our fifth selection here. This is White Snake with Love Ain't No Stranger. Okay, the great David Coverdale. This category, I suppose, is uh, some of my favorite uh, singers who have an awesome first gear and an awesome fifth gear. Um, so yeah, this is the category I like the most, and I and I really want to celebrate these guys. So this is from the great Slide It In album, and. Uh, the neat thing about this, or, or this thirty-second clip, is uh, is you hear him in sort of third, fourth, going up to fifth. Um, I left out the part where he's singing in first gear, but he's got a great first gear as well. You think a soldier of fortune and stuff like that, right? Uh, but still of the night for a great fifth gear, and 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 he uses he uses that fifth gear a lot. Sadly, um, this is a guy, um, and this is going to be a kind of a theme as I mentioned some of these other guys. Um, this is a guy who. Um, who has, uh, you know, the, the major degradation in the voice as he gets uh, gets older, and he, he can't do this stuff anymore. But boy, was it great when he could, right? Um, so, so yeah, you get uh, you get an amazing um, you get an amazing um, sort of surety and confidence and cool bluesy quality, and he knows what to do with it, and he's comfortable in first gear. And then he's got this uh, this great fifth gear as well. Um, also in this category, um, as I mentioned last episode, uh, definitely the great Robert Plant. Um, you know, you you love his first gear, uh, boy. His his first his first and he's got different characters in first and second gear. But um, back in the old days, even before you know the middle of the career of physical graffiti, you know he had this. Um, this operation that uh, altered his voice, um, so it was a different voice. You know, even going into presence and in through the outdoor. But the early days, he had, um, you know, frankly, the very best fifth gear out of anybody uh, in in the early days. Um, it had it had a little bit of vocal fry. It was a, definitely a totally different persona. He felt comfortable in it, or he sounded comfortable, and he knew what to do with it. So, so his cool high shriek was a singing shriek that he used. So it's a little different from an Ian Gillen, which is more of a hysterical sort of shriek. And then, of course, we love his first gear, uh, Getty Lee. Same exact thing as uh, as Robert Plant, except the big difference is um, his first gear is not uh, nearly as entertaining as Robert Plant's first gear, but his fifth gear 
oh boy, it is. It was that was an, an inhuman thing that he could do with his voice at the high end. So it, it might even be better, even better than Robert Plant. So let's let's put Getty as the um, let's put Getty as the. Uh, as the uh, the 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 sort of two extremes, um, he he's almost like a better fifth gear than Robert Plant, um, and and cooler and more inhuman and more wild and and more like it doesn't sound like a real person uh, even than Robert Plant. So that's really cool. Chris Cornell, same kind of thing. Um, Chris Cornell really reminds me of David Coverdale in that uh, we love his uh, bluesy crooning, excellent first gear, and uh, and he's just got this amazing celebrated fifth gear, this this really cool voice, uh, high vocal fry, small little bit of falsetto put into it, um, but just really cool. Robin Zander from Cheap Tricks. So here we've got a guy who um, you know reminds you, it takes you back the same way Cheap Trick takes you back to the Beatles. Robin Zander definitely takes you back to Paul McCartney. Um, and uh, and uh, we love his singing in all his ranges, but he's just got this really cool, um, you know, vocal fry fifth gear as well. Freddie Mercury, I think, uh, as well fits into this. Uh, we love him in all his ranges, um, but he's got this uh, this really sort of uh, aggressive, masculine sort of um, vocal fry, um, you know, angry um, fifth gear that he uses really well. Um, and uh, Ripper Owens, Ripper Owens is a, is an interesting one where I think he uh, he might even have a better aggressive uh, masculine fifth gear than Rob Halford does. Uh, but all but the bonus with Ripper is you also get the same high operatic fifth gear uh, that Rob Halford has. So yeah, Ripper is a very versatile singer, and he's he's also really cool. Uh, in his uh, first and second gear as well, so he's he's a really excellent one. And you know who's also an excellent singer? He gets a lot. He gets a lot of abuse and ridicule because of uh, he's got a big mouth and he's he's actually his singing's degra- uh, degrading as well. But Sebastian Bach, wow! Um, you think about you think about his first gear and his fifth gear, and they are both amazing. His first gear is super technical operatic but there's still some richness and some some masculine quality in his first gear singing uh but when he but when he goes to fifth gear uh he sounds completely confident in in what he's doing there it's actually really cool um and uh and eric adams from Manowar, same kind of thing i think uh, i think he's got a little ripper owens to him when he's got the the, the fifth gear because i think he's got both both of those in fifth gear uh, i didn't know what the heck to do with axel rose um you know thinking about all his singing it just almost seems like he's got an extreme voice um and um and and it almost seems like um it seems like he mostly well he does use first gear sometimes but even even in something like a sweet child of mine which is ostensibly a ballad you're you're more in that second third gear uh range and he's got a little bit he's got varying types of fifth gears but he's also got an ian gillen hysterical uh fifth gear as well um honorable mentions and and more this is not even honorable mention this is more like hard to categorize i didn't really quite grasp where to put someone like a phil collins or a peter gabriel they kind of go together um peter gabriel's got an interesting fifth gear that is not particularly the way we've talked about these other ones but it's more of like uh the crazy person uh fifth gear phil collins as well sounds a little bit like the uh the manic hysterical uh, same thing. You know, Peter Gabriel goes into yelping and vocalization 
if you want to hear all his gears, just go to the go to the Melt album, the third album. Amazing. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting. Dan McCafferty is kind of funny where his voice itself, so you can take some of these extreme voices and say the voice itself is fifth gear. Um, so when you shove it into first gear, it still sounds bizarre, and Dan McCafferty definitely feels like that. So he's another one of these guys, like the ones we've talked about, where the voice is is got so much richness and complexity to it that when you when you when you stick it into first gear, you're almost distracted by the voice, um, and you can't hear the singing uh, so much. Um, John Bush is kind of the same thing. Um, uh, Mark Starace and Steven Tyler. So a bunch of these guys. Um, yeah, they're 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 kind of complicated. They're they're kind of hard to hard to figure out. Uh, but you feel like you almost feel like uh, they they spend most of their time in third, fourth, and fifth gear, and they do a lot of cool things with those different gears. Steven Tyler has this hysterical Ian Gillen, uh, you know, throw a tiny bit of falsetto into it when he goes into into his fifth gear. But again, he he almost always is pushing a lot of air where it seems like. Um, it feels like a third and fourth gear singer uh, there as well. Uh, but yeah, Mark Starachi, you you kind of you kind of want him in the higher gears as well. So yeah, pretty 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 interesting these problematic ones. So uh, so there you go, boy. We have run out of time. I was gonna well let's let's throw in some of these comments from uh, from Facebook. I know I should do this more, but there are our comments on our first gear singer episode. Uh, Joe Beck says would uh, would like to hear where Maynard uh, fits into this. I feel he's a great all around unique singer with an awesome one and a powerful five you know joe come to think of it he reminds me a little bit of eddie vetter where he's he's got this slightly affected uh fourth gear um and not so much a fifth uh and we love him in first uh let's see andrew meyer says tori amos is another first gear singer i'd say a good example of roger waters waters going for it is the end of post-war dream one of my faves on final cut steve bellow says jimmy hendrix isn't thought of as a singer per se but he had a cool real voice sometimes he talked his lyrics and when he added melodic touches he had a genuine style ronnie james Dio has a limited range uh when he would try to scream it was rough too screechy out of character uh interesting um eddie vetter i'm surprised he wasn't mentioned while we talked about him here yeah ronnie james Dio. Okay, I'll have to think about that a little bit. Uh, maybe at the very, very, very high end, maybe he is less comfortable at the at the super crazy fifth gear end. But uh, but you just think about him being in third and fourth more or less all the time. Jimi Hendrix is an interesting one uh, that I don't know if I even mentioned in the first gear episode, but he is definitely a first gear singer, and that's what you notice by like a lot of guys going back in the in the past. Um, extremity didn't become a big thing um you know the beatles did it and and it's cool that they did it and they did it quite often uh but it but it wasn't sort of the norm right um let's see william walker says i was a real fan of this episode especially in heavier music tame down vocalists always stick out to me yeah definitely you definitely hit uh what i was thinking when you brought up Lynott and mog and gillen and plant as well burke shelley frank domino michael lee smith davy pattison david coverdale yeah we could talk about all these even brian nay brian mayroll names that sprung to mind it was hard pressed to find any 80s heavy metal vocalists who stayed in a lower register all the hair metal guys were trying to sound like david lee roth and all the serious metal guys were trying to sound like halford and neither sticks to a lower I think there's a lot of uh, generalizing in there, but uh, but I, I get your point. Um, yeah, David Lee Roth. I don't know if he was particularly copied a lot. Um, I was. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Um, and did I talk about him much in the first uh, first gear episode? If I didn't, uh, I I would like to add that. Um, 
he has a really interesting fifth gear that he uses. Uh, he has those yelps and stuff, but when he's singing high, not in later years where, where you could hear he was straining, but he, he really had an interesting use of that fifth gear space. Um, Andrew Meyer also mentions, it's also funny you mentioned the song, Mirrors also bugged me how lackadaisical it was sung until the last line of the song could have gone from a 9 to a 10 in my book, more passionate sounding. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, if uh, if you like the show and want to support future episodes, you can go to ko-fi.com and uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button, buy me a coffee or a pint. It's just a simple PayPal $3 thingy. Uh, this week, I would like to thank Joe Becht, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Chris Monrad, Augustin Garcia de Prides, Steve Polari, C, uh, CJ Socia, uh, and John Stuckey. Thank you all very much. Um, you know, as I was saying on Sea of Tranquility, I've got a large amount of stock. Please buy some books from me. I definitely bought uh, my, my quote-unquote lifetime supply of the Pink Floyd, The Who. Uh, I got a lot of the Kiss book now. Suddenly, I was kept running out of them, but now I've got lots. Um, so a lot of boxes of books sticking around. This is actually a slow month uh, for book sales. It's my slowest every year since I've been doing this. Um, so January is always very slow. But uh, but yeah, a lot of supply of the books. Of course, martinpopoff.com for all that. Uh, you know, go play... You know... I can't believe I'm saying this, but go play some Wings. Uh, very strange band. I almost feel like doing a whole episode on that band. I have a lot of weird thoughts about Paul McCartney and Wings. Anyways, go play some Wings. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.